Matthew 17, and we'll read verses 24 through 27. Matthew 17, beginning of verse 24, says this in the Word of God. And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute? He saith, Yes. And when he was come into the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or of strangers? Peter saith unto him, Of strangers. Jesus saith unto him, Then are the children free. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea, and cast an hook, and take up the fish that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money that take and give unto them for me and thee. Let's pray again. <clears throat> Father, again, Lord, you're so good and merciful and uh, gracious. And uh, Lord, uh, thank you for the talents that you have given us. And Lord, that we can use them uh, to serve you or just uh, be an encouragement to us or a blessing uh, to somebody else along the way. And uh, Lord, I pray, God, that uh, you would help uh, each one that's here tonight. Thank you for the faithfulness of your people. Those that are here, those that are uh, listening in, uh, Lord, we're thankful that there's still in this generation a people that desire to love you and live for you and be a witness for you. And uh, Lord, just uh, do the right thing and be a shining light, uh, dear Lord, to the world in this day and age. Lord, I pray you'd help again each one physically, spiritually, financially, uh, God, in the, the areas that they need help. Lord, I pray that you would help them tonight, encourage them along the way through your word. And Lord, even tonight, Lord, if there's somebody here listening that needs to be saved, God, I pray you'd work in that heart, open that heart, draw that one uh, unto you. And Lord, we think of uh, the Muxlow's uh, brother coming down. Uh, Lord, you know his spiritual condition. So whether the need is salvation or restoration, whatever it is, Lord, we ask you to work in that heart. And Lord, the other things that have been mentioned tonight. Now again, Lord, help us as we look at this portion of Scripture. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So as you look at chapter 17, as you read the beginning of it, you see that it starts off uh, where they're uh, out at the, the Mount of Transfiguration, where Christ is transfigured before uh, Peter, James, and John. And I always like reading that story. It shows you again how man can get sidetracked. You know, Peter says, hey, let's build three temples here. And uh, boy, the father shows up and says, whoa, hold on now. Uh, there's only one. Amen. There's nobody else like Jesus and nobody's worthy uh, but Jesus. But, uh, you know, and that, that's a good lesson there because people love to lift up men. People love to get their eyes on men and elevate them to a place that they shouldn't be. But we need to realize, hey, uh, only one that's worthy of being lifted up, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, we don't need any personality cults, uh, whether it's a Baptist personality cult or anybody else's, right? <laughs> we just need to everybody keep their eyes on Jesus and lift him up alone. But of course, they come down off the mountain and uh, they travel to uh, Capernaum, no doubt, uh, after seeing that, that great work uh, of Jesus there, uh, that they're on a, a spiritual high, a, a high point. One thing, another thing I like about that story is, you know, if you read all the accounts that uh, they actually fell asleep, right? And then they wake up. And so if they wouldn't have woke up, they would have missed out on what Jesus was doing. And so listen, Jesus is going to do whatever he's going to do, whether you're awake, whether you see it or not. So, hey, say, Lord, help keep me awake. Keep me focused. Help me keep my eyes on you so I don't miss nothing that you're <laughs> doing. And so then we come down to this story where a tax must be paid or 
and then the Lord, of course, uh, chose to work a miracle with a fish and a fisherman, right? <laughs> uh, Peter was a fisherman. So the first thing we notice is the confrontation. Look at verse 24. It says, And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money, that's what it is, came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute? Now, uh, again, this wasn't a, a government tax, but a, a Jewish tax, if you will, or tribute for the temple. This, these were Jews collecting it for the temple. And, uh, and this is a, 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 a tax that had been collected for uh, generations. Uh, uh, when it, it goes, as a matter of fact, it goes all the way back to the tabernacle and uh, Moses. And uh, so in a, sense, in a sense, it was a substitute offering. If you look at Exodus chapter 30, Exodus chapter 30 and uh, verses 11 through 16, you sort of see where this was, uh, uh, this was established. It says, again, this is for the tabernacle, and it says in Exodus 30 verse 11, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, When thou takest the sum of the children of Israel after their number, then they shall give every man a ransom for his soul unto the Lord. When thou numberst them, that there be no plague among them, when thou numberst them. This they shall give every one that passes among them that are numbered half a shekel after the shekel of the sanctuary. A shekel is 20 giras, and half shekel shall be the offering of the Lord. Every one that passes among them that are numbered from the 20 years old and above shall give an offering unto the Lord. I like, uh, look at this, verse 15. The rich shall not give more, the poor shall not give less than half a shekel when they give an offering unto the Lord to make an atonement for your souls. And thou shalt take the atonement money of the children of Israel, and thou shalt appoint it, notice this, to the service of the tabernacle of the congregation, that it may be a memorial unto the children of Israel before the Lord to make an atonement for your souls. Now the money was used, it looks like, for the upkeep of the tabernacle. But notice in verse 12, it says, Every man, every man had to do this, every man a ransom. And it says, The rich shall not give more, nor the poor shall not give less which is kind of interesting. That's a good thought there that the same price had to be paid, amen? Uh, it didn't matter what their standing was. Everybody had to give the same price. And then in, in Nehemiah, remember they were rebuilding the temple. It says this in Nehemiah uh, concerning an offering for the temple when they're rebuilding it. Nehemiah 10, verses 32 and 34 say this. Also we made ordinances for us to charge ourselves yearly with the third part of a shekel for the service of the house of our God. So notice uh, the, the offering there with Moses was for the upkeep of the tabernacle. Here is for the upkeep for what? The house of our God. For the showbread and for the continual meat offering and for the continual burnt offering of the Sabbath of the new moons, for the set feast and for the holy things and for the sin offerings to make an atonement for Israel. Notice that word atonement again, and for all the work of the house of our God. So in those two things, you see that one was for the upkeep of the tabernacle, the other for the upkeep, help with the upkeep of uh, the temple. And you notice the word atonement in, uh, in both of those uh, sections. So here they're asking Peter, now this is interesting, is your master going to, so basically say this, is your master going to help pay for the upkeep of the temple? That's basically what he was saying then. Hey, we're supposed to take up uh, this uh, offering or this pledge every year to help for the upkeep of the temple. And so that's the thought, the upkeep of the temple. And so then we see in verse uh, 25 that they asked Peter a question. So uh, we see the confrontation there in verse 24. Then we notice the communication here in verse 25. It says, he saith yes. 
So he gave an answer right away. But you're going to notice here, Peter said yes before consulting with the Lord. Remember, the Lord's not with him there. So Peter says yes before consulting with the Lord. And so actually, he got a little bit ahead of the Lord. All right? You ever been guilty of getting ahead of the Lord in a situation? <laughs> I've certainly been guilty of getting ahead of the Lord in a situation. That's, thing, that's a, a thing we got to be careful about, right? Uh, when uh, uh, we're confronted with something or we have to deal with something, right? We, may, we give a quick answer or we, we give a quick response and we get ahead of the Lord. And so notice what happens in verse 25. He says, he says, yes. And then he was coming to the house and you assume that, okay, well, he sort of answered real quick. So he said, well, I just sort of spoke on the Lord's behalf. I better go in here and talk to the Lord about this thing. But notice what happens. Before he can say anything, the Lord starts talking. And so it says, Jesus prevented him, saying, Simon, what thinkest thou, Simon, of whom is the king? do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute, of their own children or of strangers? So again, Christ wasn't there when, uh, with Peter when Peter was confronted about this tax. But before Peter could say anything and talk to him about it, Christ said something. And so uh, uh, Christ sort of reminds Peter right here that what? Hey, I'm God, and as God, I know all things at all times. So uh, uh, he, he, whether, he's, whether you think he's there or not, Christ is listening in on your conversation. <laughs> so you need to remember that, right? And uh, he, he already knows what's going on. So Peter came in to talk to him. But before Peter could even say anything, because he's God, he had already known what happened out there. And so Christ begins to talk to Jesus. So a good thought there is. Now, take about this and put a positive twist on it. Hey, this reminds us that he knows your need before you bring it to him. Now here, this isn't a need, but the same principle there. Uh, Jesus knew before Peter said anything to him. He already knew what was going on. And a good encouragement for us is that, hey, he already knows what's going on in our life. And before you even mention it to him, he already knows all about it. But you know what? He still likes you to bring it to him. He still likes you to come to him. He still likes to hear from you. And so he still wants you to tell him. So what did the Lord do? He used this as a teaching moment. He uses this as a teaching moment in Peter's life. So sometimes and uh, the Lord does that. Sometimes we might move ahead or uh, maybe we make a decision without consulting the Lord. And sometimes the Lord will just sort of let that thing go on a little bit, maybe. And he says, hey, well, here's a good time for a teaching moment in Jeff's life. Here's a good time for a teaching moment in Ben's life or whoever, right? And uh, thankful that uh, he, uh, he, he's still watching over us and he still wants to meet that need, but he takes time to teach us something along the way. So here we see Peter as an example. The Lord uses this as a teaching moment in Peter's lives. And again, sometimes we move ahead without uh, thinking and God in his grace will give us a teaching moment uh, in our life. And so thank God that he could take maybe the, something that could have been a negative and turn it into a positive by teaching us and guiding us through it. But the question is, he asked Peter, hey, who pays? Now, listen, uh, the, the, the king here, look at again, verse 25. Do the kings of earth take custom or tribute of their own children? Now, think about a, think about a kingdom. Well, think about over there uh, in England. I wonder how much, uh, you know, 
uh, uh, William and Harry contribute to the upkeep of Grandma's little house there? Huh? You think, uh, you think William and Harry pay anything towards the upkeep of that house? No. Where's it come from? It comes from, it comes from the taxpayers, right? It comes from the people of England. So we know the answer to that, right? The king doesn't pay. His children don't pay, right? Because it's their kingdom, but they take it of the strangers. They take it from uh, other people that aren't associated uh, with it there. And so Peter gives that answer. He says, Peter says, well, of the strangers, of the strangers. And so what is Jesus trying to remind Peter of here and teach him here? Well, let's look back. What is this tribute for? It's for the temple. It's for the temple. Well, the temple of who? The temple of God. It's God's temple. And that's what uh, Jesus wants to remind Peter here, that it was God's temple. And so Christ being God... He really doesn't have to, he has no obligation to pay for the upkeep of his own temple, right? <laughs> it's his temple. He's the king, right? So he doesn't, he has no obligation to pay because he's the king. His job is to take money from other people, right? And so Peter had an obligation for the upkeep of the temple, right? But Jesus, because it's God's temple and that temple belonged to him, he didn't have an obligation to pay. Let's look at some, just a couple of verses that remind us of that. Malachi 3.1 says this. Malachi 3.1 says, Behold, I send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. His temple. And so, uh, what a what a, a, a wonderful thought uh, uh, that is right there. Come to his temple. So even the, and it goes on to say, even the messengers that come to whom he aligned, and behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. So we see, one, it's his temple. And then John 2.16, remember when uh, Jesus uh, went into the temple, he said this in John 2.16, and he said unto them that sold doves, Take these things hence and make not my father's house and house of merchandise. So he had even told them when he was in the temple that, hey, uh, this is, this is uh, my father's house. And so since it's his father's house, uh, the son didn't have to pay tribute, just like the king's children don't have to pay tribute. And the fact that he's God also, it was his house as well. So Jesus Christ is God and there was no need for him to pay. And that's important to understand when you see the wonderful principle and thought that's given in this little story. So remember, remember this, right? They came for a payment. A ransom had to be paid, right? And Jesus was no, under no obligation, right, that a ransom had to be paid, but he didn't, he was, it didn't have to be paid for him. Jesus Christ is God. There was no need for him to pay. But what did he do? He willingly humbled himself to make a payment. He willingly humbled himself to make this payment. He, in fact, he worked a miracle to make the payment. So think about that thought. He was under no obligation to do it, right? He, did, he didn't need a payment for himself, right? Because he was God. It was his temple, but he willingly humbled himself and said, you know what? I'll go ahead and make the payment. And we see uh, that in verse 27. He says, notwithstanding, lest we should offend them. So what did he do? 
He could have taken a stand and say, well, hey, I'm God. That's my temple, and I don't have to pay if I don't want to. But he didn't do that. He humbled himself, and he said, I'll pay. So the word offend in this case means to be a stumbling block or to cause a scandal. He says, well, we don't want to be a stumbling block to these folks. Let's not cause a scandal. So this is a, this is a good thought for us as believers. Why? Because sometimes as believers, we need to do things that aren't wrong, like this, was, this wasn't wrong for him to pay it, even though maybe he was under no obligation. There was nothing wrong with him paying it. So they were not wrong, nothing wrong with this like this wasn't, and he didn't have to do it, but just so that he wouldn't be a stumbling block, he went ahead and did it. So Jesus, you know, because sometimes Jesus did offend, right? When he had to take a stand on the Word of God, he said, hey, I'm standing on the Word of God, I'm standing on my principles, and if that offends, let the chips fall where they may. And when we have to take a stand biblically or we have to take a stand on a principle, and if that offends somebody, let the chips fall where they may. But if we're in an area and we're dealing with unbelievers and we're in a situation where there's nothing wrong that we can do, and, we, and, and just by being gracious in a situation or humbling ourselves in a situation, and it can prevent us from being a, maybe a stumbling block in that area, hey, we should be willing to be gracious, and we should be willing to humble ourselves like Jesus did here. So we might say it this way, hey, uh, uh, you know, choose your fights, right? <laughs> Jesus, he chose his fights. Hey, when it was worth uh, offending, he offended. When it wasn't worth it, amen, being a stumbling block, he went ahead and showed Grace, And so he goes on to say here, notwithstanding, lest we should offend them. What are the next words? Go thou to the sea and cast and hook and take up the fish that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money that take and give unto them for me and thee. So the Lord says to him, go thou. He says this, Peter, I'm going to work a miracle. And you know what? I'm going to use you in the process. So to get that payment, Peter had to step out by faith on God's word. That's what he do. How, how, did, how was that need met? How was that dead paid? How did, how did, put it this way, how did Peter get the benefit, amen, of the debt being paid or the need being met? He stepped out on the word of God and he did what God asked him to do. And so a need in his life was met because he stepped out on the word of God by faith. So to get the payment, Peter had to step out by faith on God's word. So what was going on here? God was preparing Peter for the task. He knew that lied to him. He was going to use him to be a great leader, uh, of course, among the apostles. But also, you know, uh, Pentecost was down the road and, and a lot was going to be happening in Peter's life and through Peter's life. And so before the, that, that big event happened, that God knew was down the road. Peter was, God was preparing Peter for great things. You go back to Matthew 16, right, where Jesus said, Whom do men say that I am? Peter gave uh, the right answer there. And then right after that, the Mount of Transfigurations. And we see other uh, great events where Peter was there to witness. So God was preparing Peter, and God was strengthening his faith. And God was what? Working on making him the person that he wanted him to be so he could use him the way he wanted to use him. So what happened here? God met the need through a fish. And of course, hey, Peter was a fisherman. God worked a miracle. Now think about this. There were a lot of fish out there. I don't know how many fish were in the, the, if they're the Sea of Galilee. I don't know how many fish, fish are out there. But think about all those fish out there. 
And somewhere along the line, somebody had to, must have lost a coin or something, right? And uh, God allowed that fish to, to take it up. I don't know how long he'd been swimming around with that coin in his mouth, whether it just happened that morning or whatever the case was. But God worked a miracle. And out of all those fish out there, God knew which one to bring to Peter. Let me say it again. Out of all those fish out there, right? They said, well, there's plenty of fish in the sea, right? God knew which fish to bring to Peter. Hey, you know what? Think about that, young people. God knows which fish to bring to you. We use that term, right? I don't worry about there's a lot of fish in the sea. Well, listen, listen, wait on God. God knows which fish to bring to you. Just like he knew all those fish out there, a lot of fish out there, but God knew which one to bring to Peter and which one was going to benefit him and which one was going to meet the need in his life at that moment. So God was in control. He created those fish. And just like he, he, uh, he uh, uh, guided that well, I was thinking about that today, paying these taxes. I, 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 I had a tax bill one time that took a whale. A man, a fish couldn't have held that money. It took, it, it, it took a whale. That was devastating, writing that check. Anyways, yeah, I had to catch a whale that day. Whew. Yes. Uh-huh. So remember that story. Peter normally, of course, think about that. When he normally went fishing, he went with what? A net. I was thinking about that. He said to this time, right, because he was leading him to a specific fish, he just had him take a fishing pole. But normally when Peter went fishing, he took a net. Peter normally took, went with a net. And we see a couple of times Christ worked a miracle for Peter while fishing with a net. In Luke 5, verses 5 and 6, it says this, And Simon answering said unto him, you know the story. I'll just give you the quick verses. Master, we've toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Verse 6. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. So that was sort of at the beginning of their ministry with Jesus. Then three and a half years later, right, after three and a half years of Bible college, they still couldn't do it on their own. And so in John 21, then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw up for the multitudes of fishes. So think about this. In two in these all these instances, God met Peter's need. A couple of times it was with a net, but this time it was just going to be with a single pole and a single fish. So remember this, when you have needs, God is not always going to meet that need the same way. God is not always going to meet that need the same way. Now he said he'll meet your need, but that doesn't mean he's going to meet it uh, the same way. So God can meet your need with an overabundance at one time. Or he can do it one fish at a time. <laughs> That's up to him. Whether he wants to give you a, 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 a load of fish at one time and say, hey, hey, man, you're good for the next few weeks. Or he just, you know, give me this day my daily bread. Give me this day my daily or do it one fish at a time. So it may not always be the same, but here's the good thing to remember. Whether he chooses to give you a net full or whether he just has you go fishing every day, right? God will meet the need. Amen. You can trust him to meet your need. God, however he chooses to do it. And so notice what happens here. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea, cast and hook, and take up the fish that first cometh up. And he says, do you get, trust me. So he goes out there, he steps out by faith. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money and take it and give unto them for, what are those last three words? 
me and thee. Me and thee. So remember this. Jesus was under no obligation to pay. Jesus was under no obligation to pay. Peter was, but because that was his house, he was God, that was his temple, he was under no obligation to pay. But he went ahead and he said, go ahead and make that payment for me and thee. And so what is, he say, what is Jesus saying here? He's, he was willing to identify with Peter. Peter was technically was the one with the need. But in meeting that need, Jesus was willing to identify with Peter. And so think about the needs in your life, the great need, of course, of salvation, right? We know that Jesus didn't die for himself. He died for you, right? But you know what a wonderful thing. Jesus is willing to identify with you. What a wonderful thought that is. Though you're the one with your need, he had no need. He's willing to come to you, amen, and he's willing to identify with you. Christ did not need a ransom. He paid Peter's. And because uh, he, he gave enough for two people, actually, it was more than enough, amen? Jesus' payment was more than enough, amen? And the payment, amen, that he made for us was more than enough. You know, Jesus, he likes to meet your need, and you know what? He likes to do more than enough. He likes to do more than enough. So Christ was showing Peter, as we finish up here, one, he knows all things all the time. So before you even, you even mention that need, he knows the need, but yet he still wants to hear it. And that he, not only does he know all things, he controls all things. Again, I don't know how many fish there were uh, in, the, in the Sea of Galilee, but it, it didn't matter whether there was hundreds or thousands or hundreds of thousands. Amen. God cre uh, created all those fish and he could control each one individually. And he knew exactly which one to bring to him. And so, listen, you think about all this, all, all that's going on in this world. God can lead that right individual to you. God can lead that right job to you. God can read that, lead that right whatever it is the situation, whatever it takes to meet your need, right? God can make sure he's the dot connector. He can make that right connection. You can, but that doesn't mean you don't have to do your part because listen, even though God, uh, he was in control of that fish, Peter still had to go through the process of fishing, right? You, you, you have a need out there. That doesn't mean you just uh, sit idly by, right? If a man doesn't work, neither should he eat. God's going to meet your needs, right? He'll make, but he'll make that connection for you. If, you. if you'll do what you can do, if you'll step out on his word and say, Lord, you said that you would meet my need. Lord, you said that you would bring a fish to me. I've got my fishing pole and Lord, I'm going out. And when I get to where you want me to go, I expect that need. I expect that connection to be made. You can trust him. If you'll step out on his word and he will meet the need and he'll make that connection to meet that need in your life. You can trust him. He knows all things. He controls all things. And this shows us what else he cares about all things. He cares about all things. He cares about everything going on in your life. And aren't you glad that he cares about your tax bill? <laughs> yes. Hope he remembers that when it's time to pay it. And his, listen, his payment pays for all things. So remember, he knows all things. He controls all things. He cares for all things. And his payment pays for all things, if you will. So let me give you a, a, little, a couple of side notes from these verses. What There was a payment that had to be made. This is a good principle for us. What does this show us? It's right to pay what you owe. 
<laughs> it's right to pay. You made, hey, listen, now he didn't make this debt, but he had an obligation to it. But listen, it's right to pay your bills. It's right to pay your debts, right? It's right to pay what you owe taxes or otherwise, right? So listen, when those taxes come, don't do something fishy like this, all right? Don't do something fishy, amen? That's my, that's my bad joke for today. Sister Judy's listening in. Don't do something fishy when it comes to your taxes, amen? Make sure you pay what you're supposed to pay and do what's right. We are right to pay what you owe. And then here we see it's right to help take care of God's house. What was the purpose of this? To take care of God's house. You see, God has that principle all through the Word of God. Hey, when it was the tabernacle, hey, this is to help take care of God's tabernacle. Hey, we got the temple. It's right. To, it, we, we need this to help take care of God's temple. Hey, we have the church. It's right to help take care of God's church. So another thing, walking with the Lord and watching Him work to meet our needs, right? Not just our spiritual needs, but God cares about our financial needs and other needs as well. And so he wants, to, he wants us to trust him for all the needs in our life. This wasn't some great spiritual need. It was just a simple financial need. But yet God used it for a teaching moment, right, in Peter's life, and that he even cared about those things. Luke 12, 28 through 31 says this, Then if God so clothed the grass which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast in the oven, how much more will he clothe you? O ye of little faith, and seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be of doubtful mind, but rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. God may do great spiritual things in your life like he did great spiritual things in Peter's life, but yet he wants you to know he cares about all parts of your life. Our relationship with God isn't just a, you know, a, a spiritual one. God knows there's different aspects of our life and he cares about, he cares about you uh, not only as, he as, a ch as, as a child, but he cares about you as a father. He cares about you as a mother. He cares about you as a grandparent. He cares about you as a brother or sister or the different areas uh, as, as a worker, all those areas in your life. He cares about and wants to help you in all those other areas. So God, again, may do great things in your life like he did Peter, but he wants, to, he wants you to know he cares about all parts of your life. And Peter came to understand this, that, hey, he just didn't care about my spiritual condition. He cares about every condition of my life. And I think he understood that because what verse did he put in his epistle? 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him. He said, hey, listen, you can cast all your care upon him for he careth for you all the needs in your life. So as we see here, turning into a spiritual thought here, we need to let others know they have a payment due, right? These people came and said, hey, you got a payment due. Do you realize you're in debt? You're in debt to God, right? Technically, they're right. They're in debt to God. It was for the God's house. You're in debt to God. And do you know you must pay that debt to God? We have to let people know they have a payment due, but also let them know that Christ worked a miracle to pay it. But they need to step out on his word by faith if that need is going to be met, like Peter did. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 say this, For as much as you know you were not redeemed with corruptible things, thank God that uh, silver paid for this debt, but there's a debt that silver won't pay. For as much as you know you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold for your vain conversation, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish, and without spot. He shed his blood. And you know what? He didn't need any of that blood to pay for his sins. So you know what? There's more than enough. <laughs> Just like with that, that, that paid for Peter's debt. But there was, hey, listen, 
there was more than enough to pay that. There was extra. And just like he paid our sin debt, there's more than enough for others. So in conclusion, understand that God works deliberately to prepare, to prepare us for the work he desires us to do. And know that the Lord knows everything about us. He knows all things at all times. And be encouraged, be encouraged that Christ is glad to identify with you. Amen. He was glad to identify with Peter, and he's glad to identify with you. So whatever your need is, he, he cares about it. Just, amen, go to him he, and, and, and trust him. Amen. Just like he, just like he can bring the right fish, amen, uh, to Peter. Whatever that need is in your life, amen, that, 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 that job or whatever it is, trust him with it, amen. He will make the connection.